Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the How To Money podcast, a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation around money. I'm Kate, your host, and today I'm joined by Ellie from BetaShares, one of Australia's leading ETF providers. Today, Ellie and I plan to discuss what exactly an exchange-traded fund is, why they might be useful in your investment journey, and how you can learn more about them and get started with buying an ETF yourself. Please note that all the information covered in this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute financial advice. Let's get into it. Hi, Ali. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me, Kate. Really exciting um, to be a part of it. Before we um, launch into our episode on ETFs today, I just wanted to give you a chance to um, explain where you're from and what you do and a bit about why you're passionate about financial education. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to. Um, so I um, work for a company called BetaShares ETFs and our products are exchange traded funds. So we are a financial services company. Um, the company is an Australian um, born and still managed ETF company, which is really unique in our market. Um, we manage around $6 billion in assets and have 46 funds that are available um, through the ASX and some other um, kind of exciting funds coming up later on this year around global technology exposures. So it's a really exciting, um, you know, uh, forward-looking company to uh, be working for. And... I, I suppose I'm in that fortunate situation of being in a role in a company in an industry that I'm just really, really passionate about. I've had quite a bumpy investing ride myself um, up until I'd say two to three years ago. A few failures along the way, but in the back of my mind, I've always known it's been really, really important. My parents have always um, drilled into me the importance of savings and just being smart with your money. But I had found that there's conflicting information, a lot of jargon out there. And so it's just great to be able to chat about finance in a really kind of simple, you know, straightforward way. Mm. Yeah, I find that um, there's definitely a lot out there and uh, it can be very confusing when you're getting started because just, I, I mean, there's can. pretty much you can invest in anything. I mean, some people, yeah, people argue mm. the case for anything being in, an investment. So you can, uh, you can certainly get off on the wrong foot. Which is, which is one reason why I think exchange traded funds are a real game changer for young investors. And uh, I mm. personally invest in exchange traded funds myself and I'm very passionate about them. Mm. Um, I'd love to hear from you, Ellie, on what exactly mm. exchange traded funds are coming from the experts. 
Yeah. Um, well, an ETF basically does stand for Exchange Traded Fund, and that's what it is. Um, it's a fund that trades on an exchange. Um, so in Australia, that exchange is the Australian Securities Exchange, or most people will know it as the ASX, which is the short acronym for it. Um, and they provide, or ETFs provide exposure to um, a wide range of different asset classes. So like Aussie or international shares are very, very common. Or then you've got ETFs that provide exposure to commodities, cash, bonds. Um, yeah, there are a vast um, range of products out there now. They're super easy to buy and sell as well um, because, again, because they're trading on the exchange just like a share um, you can access them using an online brokerage account, so like a Comsec or a NAB, NAB trade. So there's no additional paperwork, and it's and it's very easy for people. Mm. So so in one trade, you can gain exposure to a huge huge amount of shares. Yeah. So the common um, common ETFs are providing exposure to portfolios of shares, and so for example, um, instead of having to you know go through the minefield of um, picking individual. Uh, stocks and doing a lot of research yourself if you just want to say you know you just want exposure to you know a theme or you know you just want exposure to Australian companies you can buy an ETF um, and and in one trade you'll have exposure to you know 200 200 Australian shares in the case of our A200 fund. Mm. Yeah I saw it I saw it I think even in the US they have a marijuana ETF which is Mm. pretty pretty some pretty crazy ETFs out there. (laughs) Yeah. There is, there's almost an ETF for everything that you could um, you could imagine. So, yeah, it's very, very interesting, some of the more quirky ones um, that are out there too. Mm, what's, the, what's the oddest, strangest ETF you've come across? Um, what is the weirdest one? Probably the marijuana one, just yeah. because, you know, in Australia it's not legalised in any way and it's a very kind of polarising topic and then just seeing a fund um, providing that kind of exposure in a different country that's doing, you know. Mm. Because I'd say in Australia, those sort of stocks would be quite speculative investments, but I, I guess there's quite a market for it overseas. Yeah, exactly. That kind of more niche, um, smaller, yeah, yeah, smaller mm. kind of thematic. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so why might young people be interested in buying ETFs and investing their funds through ETFs rather than actually going out and researching which particular share or uh, any other asset class they want to buy? They, it's a really, really good question because it just depends on your own individual investing style and um, what you feel comfortable with. Um, they're pretty attractive for younger starter investors um, who are keen to start building kind of long-term wealth, basically because they're quite easy to use. They're cost-effective versus traditional managed funds, and they're really versatile. So you can, again, just access such a wide range of different options with them. Um, and then the diversification, which we briefly touched on before, is pretty critical. Um, you know, it's the whole take your eggs out of one basket thing. And it's just the fact that you can gain exposure to such a broad portfolio in um, a lot of instances um, that, you know, will mitigate kind of uh, concentration risk in, um, in, in younger people's portfolios. Mm. Yeah. So, so it's good. Yeah. So I guess that's that's kind of around that topic of what, what kinds of ETFs are available? I think we briefly touched on it before, but what are some of the sort of the key like asset classes that you can access through ETFs? So in Australia, there's two, I think the latest count was 231 
um, available in our market at the moment. So, I mean, you can pretty much get something, um, for, you know, for everything. That's a wide range of asset classes and different strategies. So Australian shares, international shares, you can tap into thematics um, like technology, sustainability, healthcare, um, and then again, um, different different asset classes like commodities, bonds, and cash. Um, I think what I have found really interesting um, seeing the industry grow and develop so quickly is when ETFs first hit the market back in 2001, they were the really um, more kind of vanilla, quote unquote, style of just replicating indexes, um, which is the, the traditional kind of uh, product structure for an ETF. And as the industry has matured and grown, um, you can see different kind of products um, to be developed to meet uh, to meet different kind of investors' needs. So, for example, there are funds out there now that offer short exposure to um, to companies, get exposure, and then um, we're seeing more active ETFs come onto market, which replicate actively managed funds, but are just available in that ETF wrapper. Oh, okay, so not all ETFs are passive per se. Quote, unquote. So, I mean, that's one of the great um, cost efficiencies of ETFs is the fact that you're not paying, um, you know, these very, very expensive fund managers to try and generate outperformance and pick stocks and rotate the basket um, very, very quickly. But you can now, and as we're seeing, is accessing active strategies, um, but in an ETF wrapper. So you can buy and sell them as you would a share. So, yeah, that's interesting. Mm, and that they probably have slightly higher fees than just a, a passive ETF. Slightly, yeah, slightly higher. But um, again, the general fee structure for exchange traded funds is is less than um, your typical typical managed funds. There's some great data on Morningstar of you know average management fees. Yeah, I, I know in Australia, managed um, the fees for managed funds can be quite exorbitant sometimes. And I guess that's one thing you can control as an investor, the fees you're paying. So you can't control kind of when the market's going to rally, if Trump says something stupid and everything takes a dive. And anyway, so, I mean, if you can control your fees and also if you've got good diversification and, you know, you're investing for a long-term horizon, you're not looking to trade in and out of the market, then, yeah, control your fees. <laughs> yeah, I guess, yeah, that's definitely a key benefit I, I see mm. as, um, in ETFs as the low fees mm. and um, some some ETFs are very, very low fees at the mm. moment. I guess there's a bit of a price war going on with those fees. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. So we, we launched the A200 uh, ETF, which is the lowest cost um, broad market Australian shares exposure ETF in the world and that's seven basis points so that in a in a different approach is 70 cents for every thousand invested each year so I mean you know very 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 cheap so it does make um accessing (laughs) the share market just really cheap um you know especially if you're younger you're very conscious of costs Mm. and I guess your returns will be as close to the the average market return as possible if the fees are as minute as possible yeah exactly exactly so etfs always uh replicate or aim to replicate the performance of the index just after yeah after any fees um charged and if you're only being charged seven basis points it's um yeah it's a good uh cost effective approach yeah do you think do you think other australian etf providers will follow suit and lower their (laughs) fees as well (laughs) Oh, I could never speak. I could never speak um, for another provider. But, I mean, you never know. I mean, everyone's always constantly innovating and bringing out new products and mm. new angles for 
you know, for exposures, whether it be a cost approach or more of an exposures approach. Um, so who knows? <laughs> so one of the, I guess one of the benefits of ETFs is the lower cost. What are some other uh, key benefits involved with ETFs that can be beneficial for investors? Yeah, so we, we have touched on cost, but um, if I was to maybe prioritise, you know, some some further ones, maybe another three. So first one, they're really simple to understand and for, um, again, starter investors to get your head around. Um, so, for example, if you were investing in shares in the more traditional, conventional way, um You'd have to go through the process of deciding which company you wanted to buy, maybe analysing their PE ratios, latest company reports, so on and so forth. With ETFs, you know, in one trade, you get exposure to, again, the top Australian 200. Um, and it takes away that quite confusing, daunting uh, decision-making task <laughs> of, um, you know, a, a, single, a single share approach, which is... Um, something that I, I I quite enjoy. I had a rather failed kind of stock picking background. <laughs> and yeah, and so this is why ETFs really, really started to appeal to me because I could just back my thoughts on a broader kind of thematic rather than having to drill into those single uh, single companies. Yeah, it's definitely uh, difficult to outperform the market by picking individual stocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I mean, just the time and you know, everything else associated with it. I did just find it a more simple decision-making process when looking um, at how I wanted to start constructing my portfolio. So that was, um, yeah, that was a good approach. Um, the second one I would say is just there, that just the easy access thing again. So the fact that they're brought and sold just like a share, you don't need to open another brokerage account if you've already got one set up. Um, you know, you can log in, you can type the ticker in um, as you would a share. So let's say you were buying, you know, BHP, you type in BHP, <laughs> but in the case of an ETF, you type in, um, you know, NDQ, which is our technology fund. And then you can just put in your, you know, your buy sell offer and execute. Yeah. And you've also got the um, sort of the low cost starting point as well, um, which often if other investment products, you have a quite high minimum investments, but I think most brokers you can, I know Comsec, you can get in from $500. So you can start small yeah i know so starting small right it's always a good place to to begin so with e um so with etfs you don't actually require any there's no minimum investment requirements for the fund but as you did touch on um some brokers require a minimum parcel amount as you said com 500 i'm not sure what it is across NABTRADE, but they tell you before you um dive into it so you know if you've just got a small pool of cash sitting there you're getting nothing from the bank on it, you know, you can then just pop it into a fund versus some other kind of traditional financial products where they might have a minimum of 10 grand and it just makes investing way more restrictive when you've got such large minimums. And it takes forever to save up that amount to actually invest when, when you could get started with $500. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, you can have another three or four year head start versus someone else is sitting there just waiting for their little pool to grow. So yeah, yeah, it's really good. And the next one I'd say is probably, again, the diversification benefit. So not just with the volume of, of shares that you're holding, but the fact that you can diversify away from Australian share markets as well. So you can easily access international markets um, and sectors that just aren't represented in our local, you know, A6200. So, for example, technology has a very, very low weighting as a sector in Australia, whereas, you know, you can access technology via um, NDQ um, 
and the NASDAQ, and you can access the NASDAQ 100 index, um, which has a you know significant weighting for technology. So you can start accessing companies that you just wouldn't traditionally um, be able to be able to um, invest in in um, in the more traditional sense. Yeah, and I, I'm assuming usually it'd be quite difficult to actually invest in international shares. You'd have to set up separate accounts and things, but I guess ETFs make that a lot easier. Yeah, they do. And as we've already said, I mean, it's just the cost effectiveness. So you've got no minimums. Um, and then the passive um, investing approach is, you know, the investor just benefits of not having um, expensive fees that are usually incurred by having someone to actively manage the portfolio. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, there's always there's always risks with investing, but are there any particular risks you see associated with ETFs themselves? Um, so as with all product, you know, financial products, they ETFs definitely do create some carry some risks and it's just great to make sure that you're educating yourself on both the highs and the you know and and what to consider when you're putting your money anyway and so I think the key one is just the fact that you're going to be exposed to the ups and downs of the underlying portfolio that the ETF owns so you know for example an Australian shares ETF if the share market goes down in value your Australian shares ETF will go down too um and, and you know and vice versa so all products, again, including ETFs, come with something called a product disclosure statement or a PDS for short, um, which describes the fund, including aim, objectives, risks. Um, and we always encourage any, you know, any investor to, to read it. And if they have questions, they can get in touch with an ETF manager or a financial advisor or or um, something like that just to talk through um, what they're getting into so they really, really understand. Yeah, and the PDS usually has a suggested time frame that someone should be invested for in the ETF. So, yeah, I mean, it's quite a comprehensive uh, legal document. It's not, you know, a quick kind of whiz over and read it. It's not like a flyer or a fact sheet, but it just houses everything into it. So it takes a deep dive into the index if it's an index tracking ETF, takes um, provides a really good summary of the ETF provider actually managing the fund, um, shows you all the fees that um, that are associated with the product, and yeah, it does really, really take a good a good dive into it. So I would heavily, you know, recommend making sure that you familiarise yourself with that before um, before investing in anything. Mm, always, always worth knowing the the fees and what you're actually going to be exposed to with an ETF. Yes. Because, yeah, exactly. Um, I guess you could buy something and you're not quite aware of what the underlying holdings of that ETF are. So uh -huh. it's <laughs> probably. Yeah, yeah, I know. And um, you actually just brought up something else, you know, great about ETFs and that's the transparency mm. around them. So unlike some other uh, managed funds where you, you don't really know what you're holding, um, I think, you know, some of them disclose on a quarterly basis, you can visit a provider's website um, with an ETF at any time that you want. And um, you can jump online and see what that ETF is holding um, on a daily basis. Um, so you know exactly what you're invested in. So for example, I was online just before kind of looking at some examples of what we could chat about. Um, and our global healthcare ETF, which has the ASX code drug um, today, you know, you can, I know, funny, right? <laughs> you can see that it's holding Johnson Johnson, Pfizer, Roche, et cetera. So, you know, and the weighting as well. So, you know, exactly, you know, the companies that are under the hood of what you're owning. Yeah. So a lot more transparency than some other traditional investment products where you only find out maybe the top 10 holdings. Yeah, correct. Correct. Yeah. And so 
If young Australians want to learn more about ETFs and potentially starting off their investing journey with ETFs, uh, how would they how would they go about that? Well, luckily, the advent of Google in our lives, which is now a verb. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I would definitely start off by um, doing a bit of a search just to at least start returning um, some content that would be of use. But, I mean, talk to friends, talk to family, visit providers' websites. So, you know, there, there are multiple in Australia, um, including us, that you can visit. Um, and that will have all information um, required on ETFs at a product level, but also at um, a specific kind of fund level as well. So, um, yeah, I mean, the educational content is there um, for people for people wanting to it. I think most of the fund ETF providers in Australia are actually publishing educational content now, so you can actually start to learn about ETFs. And Exactly, exactly. So we've, um, I can't speak for other providers, but we've got a lot of educational material on our website. We've just launched an email-based six-week ETF um, educational course, um, which you can sign up to on our website. We publish weekly newsletters where um, across social publishing out content and answering a lot of questions as well. Um, so the more, you know, people kind of dive in, basically the more we want to hear from people, you know, no questions um, should go unanswered. So there is a lot of uh, a lot of portals and a lot of options for um, people who are just wanting some more information. We're actually observing which is a really positive thing people are starting to direct message us a lot on facebook and linkedin and even twitter um just with some questions about funds um you know what what they're after and so on and so forth and we're always very very happy to come back with anything and point them in the right direction you know give them some ebooks or whatever that will help them um kind of get up to speed and just start learning as quickly as they can Oh, well, it's, it's good to know there's companies out there hope, ready to answer those questions you might have about investing yeah, it can, it can be a little bit scary to start with, and I think everyone's got their uh, bad investment story <laughs> from the beginning. But um, yeah, once you, yeah, I, th- I think ETFs are, are one option that um, investors have, and I think they're quite a good option to j- at least learn about and have a look into, um, and how they may be able to help you on your investment journey. Yeah, exactly. I was actually reading a ING report, uh, the My Generation report that was issued today. And I was just saying that um, Australian teenagers, so maybe perhaps um, I think it was like just under 25-ish, 71% um, are already considering how they're going to be financially secure in the future. So, I mean, people are actually really starting to think about it, which is great, right? So, like, thought inspires action. And then just making sure that, you know, there is that uh, material out there for them to start, yeah, exactly, actually taking action instead of sitting on the fence, which has you know, we're all guilty of doing it at some stage. <laughs> yes, that's uh, always, always you gotta, you gotta learn, and then you actually gotta. Mm, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Again, um, if people are keen to learn more about ETFs, um, visit you know BetaShares website if you want. We've got a lot of educational material there. Sign up for the email course, and you know, reach out to us across social. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, Ellie, thank you so much for joining us today uh, on the How To Money podcast. And I hope our listeners got something out of it and at least can um, start thinking about ETFs and doing their own research and exploration on that area. Thanks for joining me today on the How To Money podcast.